Welcome to the awesome pod mix. You are listening to Abby. The idea behind this podcast was to talk about how certain movies and TV shows made me feel when I watched them for the very first time. A reputed filmmaker once said when a piece of art invokes a similar feeling amidst a large audience, it's the triumph of the filmmaker. That's the magic of cinema. I love the magic of cinema. Today I'll be talking about the 10th episode of the TV show Shrinking. The show is created by Bill Lawrence, Jason Segel and Brett Goldstein. This episode's title is Closure, written by Neil Goldman and directed by James Bonsalt. The episode begins with Sean preparing a thank you snack for Liz and Derek for their investment. Alice comes rushing down screaming. Jim has no clue what Alice is upset about. Alice demands to know where Jim put all of Tia's stuff. She notices that Jim is not wearing his wedding ring either. In Jim's defense, he felt it was time for him to move on. Being a teenager, Alice doesn't understand that and calls Jim a selfish asshole. Liz and Derek accept and appreciate Sean's thank you food. After Sean leaves, Liz shares with Derek that she wants to be involved in the catering business. I am so glad Liz is finally sharing her feelings. At Meg's, Paul makes Marcus try out fun dip. Marcus notices Paul's hand shaking. He's curious to know why that is. Paul shares a few details about his Parkinson's condition. Meg informs Marcus that he's going to see his grandpa a lot more. Paul assures that Dr. Julie Baram will be taking care of him. Marcus wants to know why the doctor tagged along with grandpa to visit them. Paul has no filter so he reveals they are sleeping together. Jeez, Paul, read the room. He's just a kid. The title sequence begins. While hiking, Jim shares with Brian that Alice complimented him for taking care of himself. Look, when you take care of yourself, you're better equipped to take care of others. In his shirtless era, Brian congratulates Jim for being a good dad. Jim checks if Brian's dad agreed to be his best man. Brian informs that his dad had to pass and he doesn't want to talk about it. Jim receives a text and leaves instantly. Liz calls up Gabby and shares about wanting to be involved in the catering business. Gabby suggests that Liz should talk to Sean about the same. Gabby assures Liz that she's cool and she needs to speak to Sean. We all need assurances from time to time. It's good to have friends like Gabby. Liz thanks Gabby and Gabby suddenly runs out of breath. I guess Gabby was orgasming. What I didn't expect was to see Jim. I should have guessed that. Liz and Derek summon Sean to talk to him. Liz expresses, I'm going to be really quick because I don't like being vulnerable. I'm exactly the same, Liz. Liz continues, I'm a strong cup of coffee. Look, I don't have a lot of friends, but people I really connect with, I'd kill or die for them. Amen, sister. Liz continues, I would like to be involved in your company and not just financially, but everything. She whispers, I of course, Sean couldn't hear. She whispers again and he isn't able to hear it again. He asks her to repeat. Liz says, I know you might not want to do this because I can be overbearing. I know this and judgy. Derek keeps chiming in at the wrong time. He's just being a supportive husband. Sean stops Liz and asks her if she would like to come with him and take a look at the food trucks. Liz thanks him for including her. Sean requests to use the much-hyped restroom Jim spoke about at the beginning of the episode. Liz is a little sad because Sean was so kind to her. Liz sighs. 
At the runaway roadhouse, Brian has organized a cornhole tournament to choose his best man slash person. Gabby wants to give it to D-Train because he's so excited. Brian reveals that it's not transferable. Jim and Sean try to convince Brian's father, Kip, to be his best man. Jim and Sean praise Brian for how he came through for the both of them in their time of need. Of course, Brian helped Jim get through his grief. Brian also kept Sean from going to jail after he beat somebody almost to death. Jim clarifies, in a good way, the guy deserved it. Sean winks at Kip. It's funny for us, but it's hella threatening for Kip. Jim surmises. The point is, he's always had our backs. It's time for you to have his back. Just be his best man. Always try and be there for the people who've been there for you. It's the least you can do. Kip thinks he'd be uncomfortable. Jim promises Kip that he'll regret it if he doesn't do this. The following morning, Alice is seated in the corner of the living room moping, just like Jim in the second episode. The lights are turned on and it transitions into a flashback moment with her mom. Tia and Alice steal the ice cream Jim has stashed in the refrigerator. Their plan is to replace the ice cream with Gale. Tia and Alice burst into peals of laughter. The music continues but the sound of the laughter is muted. Jim arrives and switches on the lights. Alice reveals she is unable to recall her mom's laugh. She feels she is losing little parts of her mom. I can relate to what she is going through. Alice regrets not spending enough time with her mom because she was always too busy. Jim tries to comfort his daughter so that she won't feel guilty. Jim checks with Alice if she wants to talk. He says and I quote, I'm apparently very very good at it. People pay me money because he's a therapist. It's not fun when you explain the joke. Alice declines the offer. Jim assures her he's going to be around when she needs him. Alice wants to sit in the dark so she requests Jim to switch off the lights. At the office, Jim shares how closed off Alice is to talk about her grief. Jim feels helpless. Jim doesn't want to mess up things again. I'm glad he's putting in the necessary effort. Jim is glad because Paul has mended his relationship with his daughter Meg. Paul reacts with a, hmm. Jim is curious to know if things didn't go well. Paul is aware how Jim's gonna react to what he's about to say. Paul struggles for a bit and then he reveals. It was a great visit and it wouldn't have happened without you. So, thank you, man. Jim contains his excitement. Paul opens his arms to hug. Jim can't believe it's happening. Paul just wants Jim to get it over with. Paul and Jim hug. It's so sweet. Paul reacts saying, woof. Jim replies, I woof you too. Liz informs Derek that she's leaving to grab a coffee with Gabby. Derek inquires if Gabby is at Jim's. Derek reveals Jim and Gabby hooked up a month ago on the night of Brian's engagement party and they've been doing it ever since. Sneaky D-train. Is that why he calls her G-spot? Derek reveals he watched but he didn't film because he didn't need to. Derek is proud of Jim. At the coffee house, Liz welcomes Gabby to the Covenant of the Rock. Gabby has come through for Liz and Liz wants to welcome her with the special rock. Liz appreciates Gabby, yet she doesn't hand over the rock to her. Liz is upset because Gabby didn't share the news about hooking up with Jim. Gabby admits to doing the deed. Liz wants details. Gabby describes it as Mariah Carey hitting the high notes. Gabby thinks the best part is it's a total safe dick. How many times do I need to mention there's no such thing as safe dick? Though Liz thinks safe dick is the best dick, I'll wait for them to regret those words. Liz hands over the rock to Gabby with a simple love you. Gabby reciprocates, I love you. They are officially sisters now. 
Gabby requests Liz to read the letter of recommendation that Paul was supposed to write for her. She has written it on his behalf and he'll sign it. Liz reacts furious. Paul is never getting a rock. If and when Paul dies, Liz will definitely give him a rock. Sorry, I went zero to dark in no time. I don't want Paul to die. At the therapy session, Grace reveals she's continuing to boop Johnny. She has come to realize her worth. She values herself. She fights back against Donnie's abuse. She sees what an emotionally abusive fuckface Donnie is. Better late than never, girl. Grace shares that all she wants to do is push Donnie off a cliff. Boy, oh boy, this is foreshadowing. Jimmy thinks it's a joke and encourages her without realizing it. He should have just spoken to her about those feelings. Oh, Jim, I hope you don't get into trouble for this. This is going to be a significant point of conflict in season two. Jim is proud of Grace's progress. Grace thanks Jim for his help. Liz arrives at the therapy center. She needs Jim as her backup to confront Paul. Jim feels a bit compromised because Jim and Paul just hugged. Liz pushes Jim away, addresses him as safe dick and orders him to follow her. Jim wonders how Liz knows. Liz barges into Paul's cabin demanding they need to talk. Paul thinks Liz is raw-dogging him again. Jim explains the meaning of raw-dog. Paul is a tad bit embarrassed upon learning its meaning. Liz confronts Paul for not writing Gabby's recommendation letter himself. Liz says, You're being a lazy, ungrateful prick. Jim thinks so too. Paul confronts Jim, asking if he feels the same. Jim just says, Mm-hmm. Liz yells at Jim, Pussy! Jim responds, Fair. Liz discloses, He's just being quiet because you hugged. Jim winces. Paul questions, you told her about our hug? As if it was such a big deal. Jim pleads Gabby's case with all his sincerity. Way to stand up for Gabby, Jim. And I don't mean it as an innuendo. Jim even reveals that Gabby gave Paul the water bottle. Liz says, to keep you hydrated. Jim says, she drives you to work. Liz elaborates, to and fro every goddamn day. Jim says, Listen, Paul, you know what I'm gonna say. You're being... Liz intervenes. An arrogant, sexist piece of shit. Jim says, how about you stop finishing my sentences? I love this whole interaction. Liz points out that Paul has been partial toward Jim. Paul now needs to fix it with Gabby. Liz yells at Jim again, saying, pussy, and leaves. Paul asks Jim, what kind of a person hugs and tells? This is my favorite line from the episode. It's a spin on the phrase kiss and tell. Jim reacts embarrassed. I know. Jim feels sorry and leaves. Back at home, Jim gets the boxes containing Tia's stuff for Alice. Alice goes through her mom's stuff, reminisces and shares stories. Sean joins in and listens to those stories. It's a little triggering for Jim, so he leaves. Gabby nervously walks up to her interview for the professorship. Gerald, the interviewer, is concerned if she'll be able to manage time. Gabby assures him she's great at time management. Paul crashes the interview and talks Gabby up. Paul tells Gerald to hire Gabby. Paul confesses how much he appreciates and values Gabby as a colleague. I wish my mentor had said those things about me. Yes, I need validation. Fuck off. Paul is not good with women he cares about, but he's working on it. He's gonna get it right by the time he's 140 because he drinks a lot of water. Gabby reacts surprised. She has a ear-to-ear -ear grin about everything Paul said. 
At the house, Alice is all dressed up wearing her mom's stilettos. She checks if Jim is ready. Jim has suffered a panic attack. Jim arrives a little late at Brian's wedding. Kip stares daggers at Jim. At the altar, Jim pauses after saying the word marriage. This time, Jim doesn't fall apart. He makes a beautiful speech about his wife, Tia, and how she was responsible for bringing Brian and Charlie together. Jim says, My wife believed the best way to help yourself was to help others. Jim underlines the importance of friends in his speech and how they've got your back. Brian and Charlie are officially married. Gabby excitedly looks at Jim at the altar and Jim waves back at her. Liz notices this and says, I can hear your vagina humming. He's not safe, Dick. I've been saying that since forever. Paul and Jim discuss how Jim's psychological vigilante methods didn't burn his practice down. Don't say that out loud, Paul. It might just happen or come nearly close to happening. Though at the moment, Jim says, I got lucky. Paul looks at Jim when he says, so did I. Unfortunately, Jim is looking the other way. Paul is grateful for having Jim in his life and his practice. They clink their champagne glasses and the song Modern Love by David Bowie plays. Everyone is dancing at the wedding. We see a montage of Jim's patients and how much progress they've made since the first episode. The grooms Brian and Charlie dance together. Gabby and Jim dance together. Liz and Derek dance together. Alice and Sean dance together. Paul and Julie dance together. Jim goes up to Alice to dance with her. Jim says, you look so much like your mom. But this time, he's not sad about this fact. Grace and Donnie are hiking. Grace is tired and she wants to head back. Donnie insults Grace, calls her an idiot and threatens to shut her up. Donnie walks up to the edge of the cliff and appreciates the view. I didn't think Donnie could appreciate anything in his life, let alone a view. I knew in that moment that Grace was going to throw him off the cliff. I was hoping some sense would prevail upon Grace, but I wasn't counting on it. Grace pushes Donnie off the cliff and says, Boop! Donnie falls screaming and we hear a thud as he hits the ground. Donnie totally deserved it. Grace feels free and relieved. The song Free by Florence plus the machine plays. Very apt as per the situation. Grace heads back. The end credits begin. Way to end the season off a cliffhanger, literally. Or rather, I should say, way to push it off a cliff. Boy, oh boy, what's gonna happen in the next season? You can listen to The Awesome Pod Mix and subscribe to it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts. If you like what I'm doing, you can support me on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash awesome pod mix. Thanks for listening.